0: On this very fine day in our Republic, I am happy to report that the fine conservatives of Wyoming have booted America's leading rhino Republican, Liz Cheney, out of Congress. Congress Lady Cheney was absolutely destroyed at the ballot box yesterday, losing her primary race by 37.4 points, which is a wonderful, beautiful, absolutely delightful thing. Some people might think that I'm being too harsh on Liz Cheney here. They will say, Liz Cheney, look, okay, yeah, she did some stuff with the Dems, but she was right about a lot of things. That's true. They'll say Liz Cheney voted with the Republicans 90, even 95% of the time. That's true. That's true of all the squishes. Most of the time, the squishes seem like conservatives. That's what makes them useful tools for the liberal establishment. Court jesters in the kingdom of liberalism, Most of the time, they seem like the real deal. But no matter how often these court jesters vote with us, at all the crucial moments, when the vote really counts, when the fight gets really hot, they squish. John McCain voted with Republicans most of the time. He voted with Trump most of the time, and he absolutely hated Trump. But when McCain had the chance to cast the deciding vote to repeal Obamacare, a vote that he had promised to make, a central plank of his campaign platform. Guess what happened? He squished. He voted with the Democrats. Same goes for Liz Cheney. She has voted with conservatives most of the time. But at the crucial moments, she squishes. At the crucial moment in 2020, she endorses Joe Biden. She flies cover for Nancy Pelosi's kangaroo court hearings about January 6th. There's nothing noble about it. The libs are trying to spin Cheney's disloyalty as somehow noble or dignified. There is nothing noble about endorsing Joe Biden. There is nothing noble about supporting Pelosi's kangaroo court. There is nothing noble about flying cover for the party that advocates killing babies and transing the kids and destroying our country. Nothing noble about that. Some Republicans in moderate districts, sometimes feel that they have to squish to save their seats. And while I might not agree with that, I at least understand the political calculus. But Liz Cheney, she represents Wyoming, soon to say represented Wyoming. She doesn't need to squish on anything. The only pressure that she feels to squish comes from her deranged hatred of Donald Trump and of his supporters and her wounded pride and the popular opinions of the DC swamp which apparently had much more sway with her than the desires of her constituents in Wyoming. Let Cheney's undignified and unnecessary loss be a lesson. Let it underscore a lesson that I try to reiterate on this show as often as I can. Never, ever, ever squish to the lids. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Poet Comic One, who says, I'm 70, immunosuppressed, and I've been through a nightmare of COVID. Four days of an occasionally runny nose, a tickle in my throat, and one full day of the blahs. Sir, that sounds absolutely horrifying. Uh, You're right. We should have shut the country down for two years over that. You're totally right. I didn't, I knew about the occasionally runny nose and sometimes the tickle in the throat. I didn't realize that people were getting the blobs. Not to put too fine a point on it, I will move on from spiking the football over the Liz Cheney loss. But there's one point I've really got to hit here because you're going to hear it from the libs all day who have a strange new respect for Liz Cheney, who are almost certainly going to offer her a job on The View. It's kind of sad for that lady, Alyssa Farah. Alyssa Farah is the new fake Republican on The View. She's the new fake conservative. And she just got the job. But now Liz Cheney, who is the darling fake conservative, she's certainly going to get the job offer within, what, five minutes, 10 minutes now that she's lost. I guess she has to leave Congress officially first. That won't happen until January. But if I were Alyssa Farah, if I were any of the other fake conservatives on CNN or MSNBC, I'd be looking over my shoulder. Because you've got I don't know if, how much job security you've got with Liz Cheney back on the market. But what the libs and what even many of the squishy Republicans are going to say is, you know, you might not agree with Liz Cheney, but she showed dignity. She showed independence of thought. She is her own man or in this, her own woman in this case. That's what they're going to say. And what's so insidious about this argument is that in principle, that would be a great thing. In principle, we don't just want to be partisan hacks. This is actually a really important point in in Dante's Divine Comedy, my favorite poem. Dante, you know, everyone knows about Dante's Inferno, the hell part of it, which is very interesting and titillating. But then he goes to purgatory, and then he goes up to heaven. And when Dante gets up to heaven, he meets his most illustrious ancestor, Cacciaguida. Cacciaguida was this uh, crusader. It's the man from whom Dante gets his family name. And so Cacciaguida is giving Dante political advice. And Dante was a politician, too, in addition to a poet. And he says, Listen, Dante, politics is going to be really bad for you. You're going to get stabbed in the back. Your opponents, even the people you're with, they're going to go crazy. It's going to give you all sorts of problems. And he's foreshadowing Dante's political exile from Florence. And he says, It's really, really bad. And he says, Don't worry about those people the people who are giving you all this grief in politics, they're going to go to hell, okay? But if you want to protect your honor, if you want to protect yourself, the best way to do it is to be a party of yourself. The it's a beautiful I love the Italian. It sounds so beautiful. Di sua bestialitate, il suo processo farà la prova. Sicate fia bello, averti fatta parte di te stesso. How beautiful that is. And, the, and not only is the language beautiful, the, the idea is beautiful too. You don't want to just be some hack Republican or some hack Democrat. You can ally with these people. You know, politics is a team sport. You've got to work with people to get things done. But you you want to be your own man. Absolutely. That's not what Liz Cheney did. That's not what she did. It may have. It would even if she had done that, it still would have been dumb because of the content of what she was doing. She was turning on Trump for a bunch of stupid reasons. And she was giving up all the wonderful wonderful political wins because of her own wounded pride and her own kind of swampiness. But at least it would be more understandable, even maybe more honorable than what she actually did. She wasn't a party of herself. She wasn't a maverick. She wasn't a rogue. She wasn't her own person. She just, for all intents and purposes, became a Democrat. She endorsed Joe Biden. She voted for a guy who accepted a taxpayer-funded abortion on demand, who's advocating transing little kids, who wants to throw open the borders and has thrown open the national borders of the United States. To say nothing of his horrible economic policies, his stupid foreign policy, she sided with him. She became the front man for Nancy Pelosi's kangaroo court. She is not some independent thinker. No, she just stabbed her former allies in the back for very bad reasons. And now she's out of Congress, or soon will be out of Congress. And that is a wonderful thing. On the substance, even, beyond her own behavior and the process and the ways in which she conducted herself, on the substance, she was wrong. Bill Kristol, the uh, you know former editor of the Weekly Standard, former conservative Muckety-muck, who's now, I guess, a kind of liberal critic and gadfly of the Trump conservatives. He said, in 2016, he said, between the deep state and the Trump state, I choose the deep state. And he has reiterated that point since then. Liz Cheney essentially made the same argument. And I'll speak for myself. I assume I'm speaking for you here. Between the deep state and the Trump state, I choose the Trump state, meaning I choose the old American way of life, the traditional American order, the will of the American people over a bunch of unaccountable unelected bureaucrats who are extremely corrupt and left- wing And every every single time you see a showdown between the Trump state and the deep state the deep state comes out looking even more corrupt and Trump comes out looking even better no matter what the media try to say you're seeing this again now CBS just got caught in a big lie flacking for the deep state and unfairly attacking Trump. Nora O'Donnell on CBS, after Donald Trump came out and said, hey, the DOJ, not the FBI, not only did they go through Melania's closet, not only did they take a bunch of my documents, not only did they raid my house in an unprecedented way, they took my passports. Nora O'Donnell says, "New, no, according to a DOJ official, the FBI is not in possession of former President Trump's passports. Trump had accused the FBI of stealing his three passports during the search on his Mar-a-Lago home. Uh, uh, uh. Uh uh, I just talked to the DOJ and they told me they totally didn't do that. And then here's the second tweet when she realized she probably got it wrong. She goes, we're also learning tonight that if any items not contained in the warrant were retrieved during the FBI search at Mar-a-Lago, they will be returned. Yeah, they didn't do that. They didn't take any of that stuff, but they'll give it back. And then Trump just publishes an email from the DOJ acknowledging that, yeah, they did take his passports. And what does CBS do? What does Norah O'Donnell do? There it is. We've learned that the filter agent sees three passports belonging to President Trump. Oopsie Daisy. We'll give them back soon, sorry. What does CBS do? No deletion, no correction, no apology. Moving on, moving on. You, you've got the evidence of the corruption, of the abuse, of the deceit, of the deep state and the media propagandists for them right in front of you. What do they do? Nope. Never mind. Darn, that that roadrunner Trump got away from us wily coyotes again. All right, that's okay. We'll get him next time. Never mind. Get me the next Acme anvil. How do we get him again? And Liz Cheney and the rest of the squishes, they side with them? Pathetic. Absolutely disgraceful. You got to protect yourself. We got to protect our political party, our political movement, our country. And you got to protect your home. That's why you got to check out Ring. Right now, go to ring.com slash Knowles. Summer is very, very busy. It's been especially busy for me. I know people go away from home on vacation. I was away from home at the hospital while my wife gave birth to our second little son. And when I'm away from home, I am so pleased to trust Ring. You know you know about Ring because it is a video doorbell where you can see and speak to whoever is at your door. They've been with this show for years, almost since the very beginning. We love them. It's a great product. Then Ring came out with the alarm. Ring alarm is amazing. You can protect from freeze, fire, flood. The bad guys keep an eye on your your windows and your doors. That's all great. Did you know that you can go pro Ring Alarm Pro will allow you to protect not just your physical home, but your digital home as well. CNET calls Ring Alarm Pro a giant leap for home security. It protects your data, your digital home, with an Eero Wi-Fi 6 router. It's absolutely fabulous. This summer season, to protect your home, you got to go pro. Be a pro, just like me. Ring Alarm Pro. Learn more at ring.com slash Knowles. That is ring.com slash Knowles. The libs will do whatever they can to stop Trump not just the good honorable stuff. They're going to do very dishonorable stuff, very unjust stuff, very illegal stuff, if you ask me, anti-democratic stuff. They might even rig an election. I know, are you allowed to say that? They might even say, change all the voter rules and encourage, in particular, widespread mail-in voting and extend election day to election season to get a bunch of fraudulent votes to rig an election. Are we allowed to say that? Well, you're allowed to say that even in los angeles even in a very liberal city on some issues but not on others on some elections but not on others when when saying it about an election favors democrats you're allowed to say it you have to say it when making that point about election integrity and fraud favors Republicans. That's evil. That's misinformation. You're a threat to our democracy. But the libs are doing it right now. I mentioned this yesterday. There was an effort to recall the George Soros installed DA, George Gascon, who has caused crime to skyrocket in Los Angeles. It was already bad before, and now he's letting all the criminals off the hook. So there was an effort to recall him after the successful effort by the San Francisco Democrats to recall the San Francisco DA, who was so left-wing, Chase Boudin, that even the Dems in San Francisco said, we got to get rid of this guy. So there was a similar effort in LA, and it just failed. It's really weird. Really weird, because the the petition campaign to recall this guy required 566,000 or so votes, meaning signatures on the petition. It's not like they actually went to a ballot box. You had to go get the signatures, write your address, 566, 567,000. The campaign got 715,000. And yet they disqualified 200,000 of them, 200,000 signatures. So that means that over 27% of the signatures submitted on this petition to recall George Gascon were deemed invalid by Los Angeles County. Guess what percentage of mail-in ballots were deemed invalid in the 2020 election? Right, we're talking about basically the same procedures here, basically the same requirements for both, the petition to recall the DA and the mail-in ballots in 2020. For the petition to recall the liberal DA, 27% deemed invalid in the 2020 election, less than 1% deemed invalid. How do you make sense of that? January 2021, the county reported less than 1% of the 3,422,585 vote-by-mail ballots were rejected. The test for validity is similar. The requirements for checking signatures, addresses, all similar. What are the freaking odds? That's so weird. It's almost as if they rig the rules depending on what outcome they want. And now we're not, are we even allowed to say that? It's, I keep bringing this point up because it's such a good point by Mike Anton at the Claremont Institute. It's the celebration parallax. The very same situation can be celebrated or denied depending on who the one is claiming it, who the one is that's claiming it. When the, when the liberals say that this sort of thing is happening, there, there's fraud with the mail-ins, with the, with the petitions. Well, that's, we have to celebrate that. Thank goodness we caught all that fraud. Thank goodness we still get our great, wonderful Soros DA, George Gascon, to let all the criminals off the hook. And then the Republicans say the exact same thing. They say, you know, there's a lot of fraud. There are a lot of all these problems. A lot of these signatures and ballots probably aren't invalid. How dare you? You're a threat to our sacred democracy. The rule of law matters. I stand, I stand for the rule of law. That's what Liz Cheney says. I stand for the rule of law. I support the rule of law and the Democrats who burned the country down for eight months and let all of those criminals off the hook and locked down all the rest of America, except for our terrorists that we let go out and loot stores and burn countries. And then I support the party that bailed those criminals out of prison because the rioters had to go, they had to get back and ready in the game so they could go try to kill a Supreme Court justice for overruling Roe v. Wade. Because I support, oh gosh, it brings a tear to my eye. I support the rule of law. That's why we're going to change all the election rules right before the election, in some cases in violation of the state constitution. Because by golly, if we don't have that, we don't have a country. So ridiculous. So ridiculous. Nothing honorable. The rule of law. Give me a break. And they all make it about January 6th. January 6th, where there are a whole lot of questions. I mentioned that report yesterday on the member block of this show from Revolver News about all the strange coincidences with the pipe bombs that were allegedly planted the day before. The, the evidence is not really adding up. The FBI is being really cagey, not releasing any information that they have about it. So we, we already know there were some suggestions that maybe there was a federal role in some of the events of that day. Actually, the the guy who was promoted to be the head of the Washington field office for the FBI in just the um, months before January sixth, and now who's in charge of the investigation? He's the same guy that led the entrapment hoax uh, on the completely ridiculous uh, kidnapping plot for Gretchen Whitmer. It turned out to be a totally bogus Fed op. So that same guy, after that op falls apart, he gets promoted to DC. Just really weird. Just really weird stuff. Okay, and they say, but Jan- regardless of any of that, January sixth, the horn hat guy dancing around the Capitol wrote, who's was the worst insurrection ever." It wasn't the worst insurrection of the year. BLM was the worst. Antifa, those were the worst insurrections of the year. Those actually killed people. The only person who was killed in the political violence of January 6th was Ashley Babbitt. She was a Trump supporter who was killed by a trigger-happy cop. Dozens of people were killed by BLM. Well, that doesn't matter. We're going to side with that party. Mitt Romney is going to go marching with BLM. Liz Cheney is going to go support the Democrats. Not honorable. Not honorable stuff, folks. It's a really tough week for the establishment media. Because a lot of their narratives are collapsing. A lot of their facade of integrity is collapsing. Speaking of violence and the collapse of the media's uh, veneer of, of integrity. Uh, the New York Times has just had to fire one of its reporters. Fired the reporter for um, praising Hitler and calling for the killing of Jews. Uh, this reporter, a uh, reporter by the name of Fadi Hanona, reporter in the Gaza Strip, I said, quote, the Jews are the sons of dogs and I am for killing them and burning them like Hitler did to them. Smiley face. I would be extremely happy. Smiley face. I tell you, I don't accept a Jew or an Israeli or a Zionist or anyone else who speaks Hebrew. I'm for killing them wherever they are. Children, elderly soldiers. I'm for killing the Jews wherever they are. So says this uh, New York Times reporter they just had to fire. You know, political correctness, yet again, no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm all against, I'm against political correctness, you know, and certain speech codes. But I think, call me crazy, I think if you call for uh, indiscriminately killing all the Jews and the children and the elderly and the women, you shouldn't write for major newspapers, I think. I think there should be some standards there. And yet this guy was contributing to a number of New York Times Articles. Whenever the libs attack us, for our on, on the right, they say we don't have journalistic integrity. We publish fake news or whatever nonsense. I think well, you know we don't we don't hire these guys. You know we don't. I, I don't know of any mainstream conservative re- reporters from mainstream conservative news organization that call for indiscriminately killing all the Jews. You know, that's the New York Times that did that. Forget that for a second. Yeah, I think if you went and looked, not on some stupid liberal fact check site, but actually just kind of looked, fact checked yourself, fact by fact, the conservative news outlets would have a much better record for accuracy and integrity than the left wing outlets. Is there even a question about that anymore? After the New York Times and the Washington Post to say nothing of BuzzFeed and Yahoo News carried water, just absolutely planted the, the fabricated information that the Democrats cooked up to, to launch the whole Russia hoax in the first place, followed by all of the fake news over the years, especially about Trump. It's not even close. You could look at the average right-wing blog being run out of somebody's basement and compare that to the New York Times and the Washington Post. There'd be no question, the right-wing blog would have much more integrity and would be much more accurate. I promise you one thing, the the right-wing blog wouldn't be running its editorial decisions by U.S. senators and politicians like the New York Times does, according to Barry Weiss, across Chuck Schumer. Really tough week for the establishment media. You still giving your money to woke razor companies that hate your values and see manliness as toxic and think that you should teach your daughter to shave her beard? There's a better way. Jeremy's Razors, 100% real, 100% woke free. The premium matte tungsten handle has more heft than the left. I guess that's not saying very much. What heft does the left have? The razor head pivots without caving and has six blades that are sharper than truth. Ah. Those other razor companies keep virtue signaling to the totalitarian left and using your money to do it. But you don't have to let them when you buy Jeremy's Razors. You aren't just making Jeremy richer You're making the woke left poorer. 75,000 people have already made the switch. Visit IHateHarrys.com. Get your Founders Series Shave Kit today. IHateHarrys.com. Jeremy's Razors, shut up and shave. Whoever is writing our copy deserves a promotion. That's great. That is great advertising copy. Speaking of the Jews, uh, there is a controversy right now around genital mutilation. And this is coming from the left. It's actually coming from a guy who kind of sort of calls himself a conservative, even though he's really more on the left, Andrew Sullivan. And it's a response to the conservatives who say, we should not trans the kids. Transing the kids is wrong. We shouldn't be chopping up little kids' genitals and pumping them full of cross-sex hormones and making little boys look like little girls. And Andrew Sullivan raises an objection. He says, I wonder how many people who oppose child sex changes also oppose circumcision. Similar principle of the bodily integrity of children, especially their sex organs. I've actually given speeches before and people have raised this point with me. Even somewhat conservative people have raised this point. Michael, how can you be against transing the kids if you have no problem with circumcision? And I see how this could be confusing. If you are starting from the premises of the liberals, even if you think you're a conservative, like Andrew Sullivan or some of the people who have asked me these questions at speeches, the, the way this is being framed is from an essentially liberal perspective. And Andrew Sullivan admits it. He says it's the principle of the bodily integrity of children. And bodily integrity is a phrase that means autonomy, self-ownership, self-determination, and because you're not asking the little babies, do you want to have your foreskin clipped, this is violating their bodily integrity. That's a liberal premise. I don't think that children have bodily autonomy exactly. When I, when I tell my kid to go to bed and he whines and screams and cries, he says, I don't want to go to bed. Well, that's too bad. I guess technically I'm violating his bodily autonomy because he wants to stay out and play with his toys and read little books. And I'm saying, no, sorry, buddy, got to put on the sleep stack, put you in your crib. He, and this is true that when my kid doesn't want to eat, and I say, finish your plate. And he says, no, I don't want to eat. And then we say, finish your plate. That's, I guess that's violating his bodily autonomy. No, the issue with transing the kids is not that it violates their bodily autonomy. The issue with transing the kids is that it violates a principle of reality, namely that boys can't really be girls. That's the problem. When you, when you have your little kid get a haircut and he doesn't want to get a haircut, you're violating their bodily autonomy. That's not the issue. The issue is that you are violating a principle of justice and virtue. The reason I say this is from a liberal premise here, and the people who begin with that liberal premise have a hard time understanding this, is that for the libs, autonomy is everything. This is true. You obviously see this with the modern ra- radical left-wing libs, the ones who say, oh, we need to be able to up whoever we want and destroy our bodies however we want, do whatever drugs we want. It's my body, my choice, man. That's what the modern libs believe. Even the classical liberals really, really value autonomy. So I need to be able to do whatever I want, trade whatever I want. I don't 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 you come anywhere near me, man. Don't you impose your rules on me? I don't have to listen to anybody, whether it's the law, whether it's tradition, whether it's society. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do whatever I want. But those are those are both just liberal positions. The conservative values autonomy to some degree, but only as a secondary matter of importance. For the conservative. A more important priority would be virtue and justice, the higher political ends. The reason that transing the kids is wrong is because it violates justice and virtue and reality. Circumcision does not violate any principles of justice. Maybe you like circumcision, maybe you don't like circumcision. Some people say it has some health benefits. Some people dispute those health benefits. Some people say, well, you know, look, it's got it's a custom that goes back Uh, millennia. Uh, Jesus was circumcised. Good enough for Jesus. Good enough for me. Okay. And some people say, no, we don't need to be circumcised. If you're a Christian, you don't need to be circumcised for religious reasons. Baptism takes the place of the ceremonial circumcision. But regardless, okay, fine. Whatever you want to say about circumcision, it doesn't violate any principle of reality. It doesn't pretend that a little boy is a little girl. Just clips a little, little piece of the foreskin transing the kids, removing the the womb of a little girl as the Boston Children's Hospital now does, slicing off the, the forearm skin. So you want to talk about slicing off skin. The forearm skin and the calf skin, slicing off people's flesh off their arms and legs to then create a fake phallus on little girls, That which is actually happening right now. That violates justice and virtue and reality, principles of reality itself. That's what's wrong about it conservatives fell into this trap a little bit when it came to the vaccines, because in the beginning, conservatives ironically would say back to liberals when the liberals said, you know, go get the Fauci ouchie. The conservatives would say, what, what happened to my body, my choice? Uh, my body, my choice. I don't want to get the vaccine. But the reason that was funny, the reason that's ironic to quote that back to liberals is conservatives don't actually believe that. We don't actually believe that you have the right to do whatever you want with your body whenever you want to do it. <laughs> Maybe some extreme libertarians believe that. Conservatives certainly Do not. That's why we support reasonable laws on drugs. That's why we support reasonable restrictions on weird sex stuff and marriage and stuff like that. Not bodily autonomy, Libs. Speaking of transgenderism, I mentioned a story a few weeks ago about an 80-year-old woman who was banned from her community swimming pool because she complained that there were dudes showering in the women's shower, getting changed in the women's locker room in front of this woman. Uh, So, this woman is still speaking out. I mean, you would think if an 80-year-old woman at the community pool says, hey, get that man out of my changing room. Oh my gosh, this creepy dude is lo- with his male genitals is looking at me here naked. Get him. You would think the pool staff would come over and remove this obviously disturbed, mentally ill man from the locker room. No, because we live in clown world, they've kicked the, the old lady out. Pardon, I don't mean to say old lady, lady of a certain age. No, lady never tells her age. Uh, this, this very, Uh, articulate woman who had every right to be in that uh, pool, she is now speaking out. She comes out, and, and she tells her harrowing story, and the Libs protest her.
1: A naked old lady in the women's shower room and what I saw that day. Wendy Bart, CEO of the YMCA, told me, Pride posters are adequate to let people know, women know, what to expect. In the shower room known for 60 years as a female only, one will now encounter men who identify as women undressing and showering with female humans. I object. I don't want to be forced to be shower and dress with the opposite sex present. Trans rights are human rights. Trans rights are human rights. Trans rights are human rights. Trans rights are human uh,、「rights. Trans rights are human rights. 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 Which
0: side are you on? Those are the two sides. Are you on the side of the lady? who wants to be able to shower without a naked man leering at her, a nice 80-year-old lady, or are you on the side of these screaming lunatics who should be locked up in a straitjacket in a padded cell because of how nuts they are? To say nothing of how disrespectfully, they're asking. It's probably not even totally their fault that they're behaving so bizarre, in such a bizarre way and so disrespectfully. They have very serious psychiatric problems. And what's amazing about our clown world that we're living in is that we're being told the the person with the problem is the 80-year-old who wants to shower without the crazy dude looking at her. She's the the one with the problem. She's got to change her mind, change her attitude. The crazy people who, the men, the crazy men who bust into women's locker rooms and stare at 80-year-old women naked, they're, no, they're the ones who are right. We need to protect their right to do that. Of course not. Which side are you on? you're listening to this show, I have a feeling I know which side you're on. That's a question that we've got to ask. Liz Cheney chose the other side. The Squishes and the Libs and the ex-Republicans, they chose the other side. And they did so. The argument was, uh, this this is Liz Cheney's entire political calculus stopping Donald Trump from being president, stopping people from electing Donald Trump, stopping Donald Trump, this horrible, terrible, crazy man, is worth helping people to accomplish what those lunatics were doing, screaming at that 80-year-old woman. It's worth transing the kids. It's worth killing all the babies. It's worth burning down the country, BLM and Antifa, and bailing them out of jail. It's worth trying to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh and the Supreme Court justices. It's worth destroying our national borders. It's worth upending all of our election laws, destroying faith in our elections. To stop Donald Trump from what? From what? From changing our trade policy a little bit, make it more fair from getting NATO members to pay up a little bit more, from sort of slightly enforcing a little bit of our border, from getting some conservative judges on the courts? That's worth it? I don't think so. I don't think so. Which side are you on? Speaking of weird sex stuff, Jeffrey Tubin is leaving CNN. Jeffrey Tubin, you may recall, had to take a, a brief leave of absence from CNN after he was caught. How do I put this? This is a family show. He was caught being romantic with someone he loves very much, to use a euphemism of Woody Allen. He was caught uh, being romantic with himself uh, on a Zoom call with his colleagues. And so he had to take a little break and then they just let him right back. Let him, CNN let him right back in. So uh, Noah Bloom has a really funny line, Neon Taster on Twitter. He just said, Jeffrey Toobin is quitting to spend more time with himself. Uh, to- Toobin's leaving. He says, friends, I've decided after 20 years, I'm leaving CNN after my vacation. It was great to spend my last day on air with pals Wolf, Anderson, and Don. Uh, love all my former colleagues. Watch for my next book coming out from Simon Schuster. Okay. The lesson from Jeffrey Tubin here is you should not do things that you would not want to read about you, yourself doing in the New York Times, that you would not want to see yourself doing on television. I know this seems really basic. This is really basic. Like, don't do bad, do good things. Don't do bad things. But it's It's important to remember because we forget about it sometimes, especially in liberal modernity, where we think that we have the right to do any sort of bizarre, shameful, disgraceful thing that we want in private. Just can't do it in public. But we can do it in private. And that's not true. You don't have a right to do bad, shameful things in private or in public. Norm MacDonald had a whole great bit on this. (laughs) Norm MacDonald had a great bit about everything. But yes, you don't have a right to do those kind of shameful things in private. But also, just as a technological matter, we're almost never in private anymore. We have surveillance devices everywhere. You carry a surveillance device, at least one, everywhere you go. That's your phone. Your phone is listening to you, whether you're, you're actually using it with the screen on or the screen's off or even the phone's off, it can be listening to you. We've got cameras everywhere in our society, surveillance cameras. In, uh, and we use it for security. That's just modern security now is we have these cameras and it offers a lot of benefits to us. But then the other thing you've got to consider is you're you're always being listened to. You're always being watched. And we com- complain about that. It's got some downsides to it. One of the upsides is don't do bad stuff. It kind of holds people a little bit more accountable. You don't want to do those things. The other reason to do it is we, we have a lonely. Uh, the other, other reason to avoid doing bad things not to do what Jeffrey Tubin did is because one of the chief scourges in our country right now is a loneliness epidemic. You see this crop up on social science survey after social science survey. People are really, really lonely. It's actually destroying the American life expectancy. It's decreasing now several years in a row for the first time ever because of deaths of despair. Because people are killing themselves. They're doing drugs. They're really, they feel isolated and they feel lonely. And uh, not to be too scolding or sound like the church lady, but the thing that Jeffrey Tubin did <laughs> and got caught doing, uh, a lot of people do, uh, that is the, pretty much the loneliest action you can possibly do uh, when you are uh, you know, very uh, involved with yourself. A man wrapped up in himself makes a small package indeed. It's the loneliest thing you can possibly do because our, our bodies are worth respecting. We're, we're trying. It's weird. In some ways, we think that we're just entirely our bodies, and we're bags of chemicals, and we just poke and prod ourselves and just try to get whatever sense of pleasure we can. But then on the other hand, in our society, we deny our bodies entirely, and we say body doesn't mean anything. I'm, my true self is totally different from my body. That's why if I'm, I look like a boy, I can really be a girl because my body doesn't matter. And we go between these two completely schizophrenic ends. But uh, we're both. We're, we're body and, and soul and spirit. And The the body is a symbol of our souls. Our souls are the the substantial form of our bodies. And so it means we've got to treat our bodies with respect. And our bodies have natural longings, okay? The kind of longings that Jeffrey Toobin was trying to satisfy in a way that was not particularly edifying and that ended up destroying his life. But our, our bodies have natural longings, and we're not supposed to just deny them. We're not supposed to deny them or even exactly suppress them. I mentioned Dante at the top of the show. It didn't even occur to me to make this connection. But Dante is makes this point. And it's such an important point. And it's a central Christian point. Our, our longings, our erotic longings, our eros is good. It's a gift from God. And it, we often abuse it to just bring us right down into the gutter, right down into the sewer. I read that story about, you know some guys gave their dog monkeypox. That's pretty, that's pretty much the most disgusting way you can possibly direct your Eros. But Eros isn't a bad thing in and of itself. And if you point it in the right direction, it will lead you up. It'll lead you straight up to heaven. That's what, that's what the divine comedy is about. Dante has an erotic love for a woman named Beatrice. And even though he's, he's not married to Beatrice, he's only seen her twice or something. And he's only, he's only really met her twice. And then she dies at, I don't know, In her teenage years, he saw her when she was nine years old, falls in love, and she becomes this erotic image for him. But it's not just about her. It's not just about Stooping Beatrice. It's his erotic love for her that guides him up toward heaven. He actually sees God reflected in her eyes. He's looking at her, but she's looking at God, and he sees that. That's what we have to do. We have to take our natural longings and not just turn them in on ourselves and poke ourselves and prod ourselves and take a bunch of drugs and stuff our faces and doom scroll and just stare at screens all day. We've got to take those natural longings, which can be good, and guide them in the right direction. Or else we're all going to become, we're we're going to do shameful things and then we're going to be ashamed and we're going to be embarrassed. And you better hope that you never get caught like Jeffrey Tubin does on a Zoom call, but why take the chance? Why do, do you think Jeffrey Tubin's happy? Did he? I don't think so. I don't think he's actually pleased himself all that much. Speaking of putting hands where you shouldn't, (laughs) man, sometimes my segues impress even me. Uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden just caught doing this. Uh, Joe Biden was giving a speech on his stupid inflation reduction act. Uh, Joe Biden uh, walked up to the podium, uh, walked up to the lectern, shakes Chuck Schumer's hand. He's got his mask on, because Joe Biden keeps testing positive for COVID, and his wife, who's also got 7,000 shots, she also tested positive for COVID. So he's got his mask on, shakes Schumer's hand, and then shows you how silly the masks are. (laughs) (laughs) He walks up with the mask on, shakes Schumer's hand, immediately takes the mask off, and then just immediately coughs into his hand. (laughs) And then he grabs the podium. But Joe Joe Biden does not know which end is up. This is not surprising at all. Joe Biden doesn't even know what his bill is about because the bill is called the Inflation Reduction Act. But but the bill does nothing about inflation. Even the, the Penn Wharton budget model says the bill, if anything, is going to exacerbate inflation, certainly in the short run. And even Bernie Sanders says the bill isn't going to do anything to stop inflation. Now the bill is being touted as a climate bill, you know, kind of green energy handouts to the Democrats' friends, and a health care bill, and all sorts of goodies for Democrat priorities has nothing to do with inflation. And if we had a, an honest media in this country, if we had an honest press, an actual free press, that, that wasn't just a, a bunch of propagandists for the libs, they would be calling them out on this. They say, hold on, you sold us a bill of goods. You told us that this three quarters of a trillion dollar bill was going to reduce inflation, which is something people actually care about. Now we find out you're not even you're not even referring to it as an inflation bill anymore. You're, you're calling it the climate bill and the healthcare bill and the whatever goodies we want bill. You lied to us, Democrats. How dare you? No, the, what, what do the media do? The media just completely go along with the new script. And believe it or not, those media... And Joe Biden are actually coherent compared to the vice president.
1: We know that we really are quite behind in terms of maximizing our collective understanding about how we will engage on the technology of today and what we can quickly and easily predict will be the technology over the next decades. So, to maintain our position as the United States of America on this issue, it is critical that we work together. To understand where we are, to recognize and have the courage to speak truth about what is obsolete, and then to partner to ensure that we are speaking the same language with the same motivation, inspired by the opportunity of it all, but then doing the work of updating how we have been talking and thinking about our exploration in space.
0: I defy you to tell me anything that she actually said there, any idea that she actually conveyed or fact that she related or anything other than a bunch of meaningless buzzwords. It sounds like a seventh grader who didn't do the homework and gets called on by the teacher. And we need to, it's so incumbent for all of us to come together. Like every incompetent employee or manager who has to hold a meeting, and you go into the meeting, and they start talking. And you just have no idea what the, you leave the meeting. You say, I don't even know what that meeting was about. Certainly don't know why it was called. People in all walks of life do this. You certainly see it in business. see it in academia all the time. You see it in politics. Some people have something to say. Some people just like to hear themselves talk. Some politicians want to do something. We call them conviction politicians. Some politicians just want to be in an office. Those are the convenience politicians. Those are the opportunistic politicians. That's Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. They don't believe anything. They have no idea what they want. They have no idea. Biden, more so than Kamala, maybe has some thoughts, though I, I really sincerely doubt it. Neither of them really believe much of anything. And so it's no surprise when they speak, they just babble because they have nothing to convey. They're just going to do whatever they have to do or say whatever they have to say to remain the person who is in that office. On the flip side, you get some conviction politicians like our guy down in Florida, Ron DeSantis.
1: They lied to us about the mRNA shots. They said if you take it, you will not get COVID. That is false. That is not true. And they continue to say, even now, when the evidence is so overwhelming, uh, that not only is that not true, people that have multiple boosters, you know, you're you're definitely at risk of getting it. There's no question about that. And then what happens is, is that they will say something like, okay, six weeks of mass will end COVID. So that's what they claim. It doesn't happen. And then what they'll do is they will kind of move the goalposts and say, well, you know, only 95% wore it. So now, and they will constantly uh, try to shift because they will never admit that their ideology was was incorrect. So that's very, very dangerous when you're looking at all these things. So that's a problem with our society that we're grappling with. And what I've said in the state of Florida, because we've taken on woke corporations, we've taken on ESG. Obviously in the classroom, we've battled a lot of ideologies. But what I've said is that the state of Florida is the state, uh, is the place where woke goes to die.
0: Love it. Brilliant line. This guy, he's he's like the opposite of Kamala Harris, the opposite of Joe Biden. This guy has so much to say. He says, you libs were wrong about this. You were wrong about this, about this fact. Don't, don't, you're not going to get away with it. And about these numbers. And we knew it from the beginning. And I hate to say I told you so, but that's how it works. And this place, lest you be confused, like some of the libs, they want to go into a room they want. They want everyone in the room to think that uh, they agree with them, that the speaker agrees with the people in the room, even if the people in the room disagree on subjects. They just want a glad hand and backslap and simper. And that's not DeSantis. He goes, I want you to know exactly what I think, lest there be any confusion. Florida is the place where woke goes to die on this issue and that issue and the other issue too. We need more of that. Be that kind of politician. Don't be the meaningless platitude buzzword politician. Don't be the squish politician. Don't be the prideful politician, the, the just vindictive personality game politician. Don't be the rudderless politician. Don't be the opportunistic politician of convenience. You act, if you're going to do anything in politics, you got to know what you believe or you will be swept away. Now, the rest of the show is going to continue now. You do not want to miss, miss this. If you are not a member What's wrong with you? What are you doing? Come on, man. You got to join. This part of the show, the member block, is not for the hoi polloi. It's for the members. Click on the link in the description and join us.